Am I taking care of my physical and mental health adequately? What habits or changes can I introduce to improve overall well-being? Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and it's also an introspective episode for you. It is not about me sitting here and rambling and going too deep on my own, navel gazing, reflections, etc. But I wanted to share with you a list of questions for you to ask yourself. You can use these as journaling prompts or you can just think about your answers or just feel into whatever comes up for you as these questions are asked of you. You may also like to ask these questions of your best friend, your partner, your mum, your sister. These are just questions that can be great conversation starters and help you to deepen your own connection with yourself and also turn inwards. I know that I say it so often, but it is worth touching on. We live in such a fast-paced environment. We have so many things that are always making bids for our attention. And those things, you know, our devices, social media, emails, phone calls, text messages, the endless stream of notifications, the way that we can endlessly look into other people's curated lives, all of these things take away from us looking at ourselves truly through our own lens. I've been so fascinated recently just in terms of the conversations I've had with guests for the podcast and in my own research and reading and just the things that are floating around my own mind at the moment. I am finding it so fascinating to think about the way that we self-objectify or the way that we craft our identity through the eyes of other people and what that truly means. But that is a whole other topic. But it does go hand in hand here with a lot of these questions because it's about going, okay, I spend so much of my day being drawn into other people's lives or meeting other people's needs, particularly if you do have children. Um, You can just find it very challenging to actually put your gaze back on yourself and be curious about who you are, where you are, and truly how you are right now. So here are 15 questions that may help you feel more in touch with yourself. As I said, you can use these as journal prompts, pen to paper, thumb to phone, or you can just see what comes up for you as we move through these questions. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Number one, what are my core values and beliefs and how do they guide my decisions and my actions in life? So just recently I did a subscriber episode sharing how you can uncover your values. It's a very simple, very straightforward thought activity or literal activity. You can sit down pen to paper and work out your top three to five core values. But today I want you to reflect on what are your core values? And if you don't know, maybe become a member and listen to that subscriber episode if you're interested in it, or you can also get that activity in uh, the blueprint, which is available from thefray.com. But what are your core values? What are your core beliefs? And how do they guide your decisions and your actions in life? I think that's such an interesting question. And if we don't know what our values are, it's really hard to actually know how they're impacting our actions. But if we know, okay, family is one of my top values, you can then connect, okay, so if that's a top value, where are my actions connecting or where is there a disconnection there? You know, am I honoring that top value by making sure that I do X, Y, Z, which lines up with my family being a priority? Or have I fallen into this habit of not prioritizing my family? So just have a little think there about your actions and how they line up and your decisions as well. Number two, what are my strengths and weaknesses and how can I leverage my strengths whilst working on my weaknesses? It's kind of one of those interview questions, isn't it? You know, when you go for an interview and they're like, and what are your weaknesses? What's an area that you would like to improve on? And you have to think about trying to put like a positive spin on something that you're not so good at because you want to acknowledge that you're not great at everything, but you also don't want to lay everything bare because you're trying to get a job. But today we're not trying to get a job right now. We're just getting to know ourselves a little bit more. So what are your strengths and your weaknesses? And if you're coming up with a blank for strengths, I think a lot of us will come up with a blank for strengths. It's often the case, often the case that we can rattle off all of our weaknesses or our perceived weaknesses, all of the things that we don't do well. But when we switch the spotlight and it's like, oh, okay, what do I do well? It can be very uncomfortable. So if you are having trouble working out what your strengths are, may I encourage you to ask people in your life who you trust and love. Don't go and ask strangers on the internet, but definitely turn to the people that know you and truly see you. And hopefully if you're in a romantic partnership, that's your partner, but it's not always the case. Your partner may not see you or know you at all truly for how you are right now. I think that's a very common experience for so many people. So maybe this is a question to ask your best friend, to ask your children even, you know, not in the way that you're going to sit them down at the kitchen bench and interrogate them over afternoon tea, but you can have a conversation about what do they think that you do really well and what what are some things that they do really well? Make a list. You can also just reflect on compliments that you've received over the years? What are the things that people often will make a comment about? You know, is it a really common thread for you that over the years you keep hearing, oh my gosh, you are so thoughtful. 
Maybe thoughtfulness is your superpower. And when it comes to weaknesses, I don't want you to be too hard on yourself, but definitely take some time to reflect honestly and go deep on this one. You know, what are your weaknesses? What are the things that hold you back? Maybe it's stuff that you've never, ever said out loud, but that you've thought about yourself quite frequently. Maybe it's something about yourself that you really don't care to admit or care to shine a light on. The second part of that question is how can you leverage your strengths whilst working on your weaknesses? If your weakness is something that you want to improve upon, how can you lean more into your strength skill set? Number three. What are my long-term goals and aspirations in a variety of areas of life? So you might like to think about work, relationships, personal development, fun. What are your long-term goals and aspirations in a variety of areas? So think about the areas that come up for you. Maybe it's financial, career, personal growth, friendships, romantic partnerships, parenting, whatever's sort of popping off for you there. And just have a little think. What are some long-term goals? What sort of things might you like to see happen for those areas in life over the course of 5, 10, 15 years even? Number four. What activities or hobbies bring me the most joy and fulfillment And how can I make more time for them? So many people listening are so time strapped, especially if you are still in school holiday mode and you're like, I don't have time to even think about it. I hear you. I get it. Um, I've spoken ad nauseum about that whole concept of camel mode and how sometimes even if we have the time to do something for ourselves, we're so fatigued and so out of touch with what we even enjoy that trying to find something we enjoy just adds pressure. And so that's not a great place to be. And if you are in that place, just know that you're not alone and take the pressure off yourself and start really thinking of basic things. What activities or hobbies bring you joy and fulfillment? Do you get a real kick when you bake like the perfect banana bread? Do you love going for a bike ride or going roller skating with your kids, you know, hobbies, like so many of us don't even have a hobby, whereas it seems like men keep their hobbies. That's because we're doing a lot of the domestic load. Again, another conversation, but yeah, have a think about what things bring you joy and fulfillment and how can you make time for more of them? And that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to dedicate hours and hours, but maybe it is swapping out a task or delegating and saying, okay, you know what, kids, you're a little bit older now, you're responsible for this task. And during the time that you're doing that task, I'm taking that half an hour to go and do something for myself. That's such a good thing to do, not only for yourself, but it's a really good thing to do for your kids as well, to role model self-prioritization and actually connecting with joy and fulfillment It's a gift to yourself, but it's a gift to your family and future partners of your children if they decide to partner up as they get older, because it's normalizing how someone in that family unit takes care of themselves. Number five, what are my sources of stress and anxiety 
And what strategies can I use to manage them more effectively? So often we know what stresses us out. It might be something like, you know what, I'm so stressed by getting the kids out the door of the morning, or I am so stressed because financially things are really hard at the moment. What strategies can you introduce to manage those stressors more effectively? So often we just get stuck in that stress response zone, that freeze, fight, flight, fawn, friend, flop, there's a million of them now. And we know, like our logical wise mind does know how we can break out of that stress response, but sometimes we just don't do it for ourselves. So what are the strategies you could introduce? And I hate to say it, but you know, meditation and grounding and mindfulness is often the lowest hanging fruit and it is accessible. And sometimes because it is accessible and because it's something that we have to do ourselves, it's like, we don't want to do it. It's like, no, no, give us the magic answer. Give me the pill. Give me something completely different. But maybe some of the strategies that will be really helpful are those simple things that you can do. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Number six, what kind of people and relationships energize me and contribute positively to my life? And conversely, which ones drain my energy and may not be healthy for me? I know the word toxic gets thrown around a lot, and I don't tend to think that there are toxic people really. Like, I don't think that there are people out there who are completely toxic just in general, but I do think that there are certain combinations of personalities where that alchemy between you is just so off that it's not healthy for you, but maybe you feel like you can't draw a boundary because they're a family member or they've been a friend for a really long time, or it's like your partner's friend or whatever it is, or a coworker. But can you just identify the people in your life that are not adding anything. They are just draining you. They are energy vampires. Where are they? Who are they? And is there anything that you can do to kind of manage or minimize their impact on your life? So the people that energize you and contribute positively, who are they? Maybe you want to send them a quick thank you message and be like, you, you are someone who always makes me feel more like myself and I'm so grateful that you're in my life. You may also even want to have a think about who you are in terms of like, I hope no one's listening going, oh my gosh, I'm the toxic one. But who are the people in your life that you believe you are the positive influence to as well? We've all heard that saying so many times about how we become the average of the people that we spend the most amount of time with. 
take that seriously. I truly, truly believe that. Number seven, am I taking care of my physical and mental health adequately? What habits or changes can I introduce to improve overall well-being? So I'd even encourage you to have a think about what is overall well-being for you? What words would you use to describe overall well-being and health for you? When I ask you, are you taking care of your physical and mental health? What do you instantly feel? What do you believe that you could be doing better so that you feel more vitality, you have more energy, you feel happier overall? I think that like physical health is one thing for sure. You all know I'm a huge proponent of exercising. It is my happy place. I love it. I love to feel physically strong um, and all of those things. I really, really enjoy the benefits that I have just from that physiological shift in terms of my heart rate going up, my body temperature going up. I love a good sweat. But I think honestly, mental health is so much more important. Like if your mental health is compromised, gosh, it makes life hard. And it makes life hard on everyone around you as well, not to make you feel guilty because I know that that's a horrible thing when you are struggling with mental health. You already, for the most part, do feel an incredible level of guilt um, and remorse over how it's impacting the people that you love. But today I want to ask you, how are you managing your mental health adequately? And what are those habits or changes that you can introduce? So you might just be thinking, you know what, I am just so drained every day. My energy is really low. So maybe I can up my carbohydrates throughout the day. Maybe I can get a blood test and check my iron levels. Maybe I need to drink more water and pull back on the caffeine. All of those sorts of things are definitely worth considering and so many more, whatever comes up for you. Number eight. What past experiences or events have had a significant impact on who I am today and how have they shaped my perspectives and my behaviors? So hopefully by this point, you've listened to my podcast episode talking about like post-challenge growth. I think it's called how to change positively or something along those lines, but it's really a whole episode dedicated to thinking back on different hard times and what are the things that you were able to learn from those hard times? What is the skill set that it gave you? But as you're having a little think right now, what are those past experiences that have had a significant impact on who you are today and how have they shaped your perspectives, behaviors, and you could even add in beliefs really. So it doesn't have to be negative. Isn't that funny? My brain automatically is like, yeah, what bad stuff. (laughs) Trauma queen over here. But what experiences or events have shaped who you are? Number nine, what are my short-term priorities and how do they line up with my long-term goals and values? Short-term priorities. Maybe there is going to be a bit of a... um, disconnect between some short-term priorities and long-term goals. And that's okay sometimes. You know, you might be thinking, okay, right now a priority is that I want to take my family on a holiday because I feel like we all really need it, but it doesn't really line up with my long-term goal of saving X amount each year. 
So just have a little deeper think about that. And is that okay? Like sometimes we have that friction and it's like, yep, I accept that because contradictions exist. And other times we think about it and go, no, I can't accept that. It will pull me too far away from that long-term goal and it will actually cause me to feel more stress. So again, it's just being honest with yourself about those short-term priorities. Number 10, what fears or insecurities may be holding me back from pursuing my dreams or taking risks? That's a big one. Is there something you've always wanted to do, but you find yourself telling yourself, I can't do it because of this belief that I have from childhood, like maybe you've always wanted to pursue a different path in terms of an occupation, but growing up, it was really ingrained in you that you weren't that sort of person. You were never going to be able to study or achieve that level of success or owning a business is really hard and all of those things. Just what other fears or insecurities that are stopping you from pursuing your dreams? And are they real? little bonus one I'd add in there. Number 11, how do I handle failure or setbacks and what can I learn from those past experiences? So how do you manage failure or setbacks and can you learn from them? So that's a very subjective terminology I've used there, isn't it? In terms of failure or setbacks. Because what you might define as a failure, someone else might not at all. So just have a little think personally. When you have come up against a brick wall, like something has just not fallen in your favor, how do you handle it? Do you have an avoidant attachment style? So you just run away from things and you're like, nope, absolutely will not, will not make eye contact with that problem. I will stay very busy over here. Or... Do you feel things so deeply that you fall apart and then you never want to try anything ever again? It's just worth having that self-awareness of what your default management and default coping skills are. It's not about judging them. It's just about noticing. Number 12. What role does self-compassion play in my life and how can I cultivate more self-compassion in times of self-criticism or self-doubt. I feel like self-compassion is such a big one. And so often we don't really, really grasp it until much later in life, you know, maybe not much later, but for me, definitely mid-30s. It's hard to extend compassion to ourselves. We're often the hardest on ourselves, aren't we? But I think a really good inroad when it comes to developing more self-compassion is to actually notice the internal dialogue. Notice to that running diatribe of negative vitriol that you might be speaking about yourself and talk back to it and talk back to it as if you were talking about someone that you love. So often we think, oh, This must be true because I'm believing it. You know, I'm having these negative thoughts and feelings and experiences about myself and you find yourself really going down the hot, like the pathway of self-flagellating and you're beating yourself up for things. But if you stopped and went, okay, if this was my best friend, if this was my partner, my child, 
What would I say to them? And that can be an inroad for developing self-compassion. Because if your child came to you and said, mom, I feel like I am such a failure because of X, Y, Z, you would certainly start pointing out all of the ways that they are not a failure or all of the ways that they can learn from that and why it's not good to focus on it for too long. So try and do that for yourself as well. Number 13, am I satisfied with the way I'm spending my time and energy or are there areas where I feel unfulfilled or disconnected? Be really honest with that one. I'm just going to leave that there. But are you satisfied with where you spend your time and energy? Number 14, what do I want to be remembered for in the future? And what can I actually do to take steps towards building that legacy? So many people will think, well, I'm not building a legacy. I'm just your average Jane moving through my average life, raising my average kids. You're not going to say average kids, but you know what I mean. But truthfully, every single one of us is crafting a legacy. I did a members only podcast episode where I spoke about things that I regret not saying at my grandpa's funeral. And by all accounts, you know, in terms of not making the biggest difference in the world or inventing anything incredible or many people knowing his name. My grandpa is certainly not someone that you, you, the stranger here listening, would ever think of in terms of legacy because you don't know him. But there are certain things that he left me with. And those are things that I regret not standing up and sharing at his funeral. But my point here is even if you feel like, oh, I'm completely unremarkable because who doesn't feel like that sometimes? You're not. Because at the end of your life, the people that love you are going to be standing there and they're looking at photos and they've got memories of you and they do have a legacy of what you have left behind. So what do you want to be remembered for? Number 15, lucky last. What does happiness and fulfillment mean to me? And how can I actually work towards a life that embodies these qualities? It's such a basic but difficult question, isn't it? What does happiness and fulfillment mean to me? What can I do? How do I create a life that embodies those qualities? I'm going to leave you with that question. Let me know if you enjoyed this introspective style of solo episode. Um, I really appreciate you being here. If you're not yet a podcast member, I would love you to become one. All of the details are in the show notes. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 